Hey, how's everybody doing? And welcome back to 125 Unfiltered, episode 39. And today I have my NFL Draft Round 1 recap. It was a really fun night last night uh, following the draft. Very surprising picks across the board throughout the round. Uh, first off, I'm going to talk about my New York Giants, and then I'll go into some uh, of the most uh, important picks, in my opinion. Uh, and that, that'll be the episode. But let's just hop straight into it. So my New York Giants, we're sitting at 11. And we trade down with Chicago. Uh, Chicago goes up and grabs uh, Justin Fields, quarterback out of Ohio State, and the Giants go down to 20. We get uh, we got the number 20 pick, their first-round pick next year, fourth-rounder next year, and a fifth-rounder this year. So four picks, two of them being first-rounders uh, from Chicago. Just right off the bat, this is a massive win for the New York Giants. This was a very smart move by Dave Gettleman. I loved what he did here by trading down. Uh, unfortunately, Devontae Smith was snatched up by the Eagles. That was Philadelphia Eagles, man. Uh, trading with Dallas, they went up to 10 to get him because I think Smith was our guy at 11. Um, but uh, with how the board fell, with Chase going at five, did not really expect that. Uh, when it's, I, I thought Sewell would go there, uh, but they went with Chase. Waddle going six, and then Smith going ten. Top three receivers off the board. We traded down because it seemed like we uh, wanted a receiver, and that's exactly what we did. At number 20, going with Kadarius Toney out of Florida. Uh, the pick itself, uh, I don't hate the pick. I, I do like Kadarius Toney. Uh, after doing some thought and research, uh, 4 3 9 40 time, really explosive gadget player. He's a slot receiver, uh, so he'll be uh, in, in the slot a lot. Very versatile as well. Good hands, uh, very underrated route runner. He runs very hard, uh, which I like. Um, uh, he's just another weapon for Daniel Jones. So uh, it, this is a prove it year for Daniel Jones now. No excuses. We got now Kadarius Toney, Galladay, Shepard, Slayton on the outside, Saquon Barkley at your running back position, Kyle Rudolph, and Evan Ingram at the tight end spot. We have a load of weapons on offense. There is no reason that this offense shouldn't put up a lot of points. This is it, Daniel Jones. We're waiting. We need you here. Because if you don't play well this year, then someone else is coming in to do it for you because this is it for Daniel Jones. He's got one more year, took a step back last year, uh, a lot of people have thought, but you know, he's got so many guys now. And if we shore up this offensive line in day two and three, I think this offense could be really, really potent. Um, now, some of the cons for this pick. One, again, we almost got Devontae Smith. Knowing the alternative, the Heisman winner, the fact that Philadelphia traded up to get him because Dallas wanted to trade down because J.C. Horn went at 8 and Sertain went at 9, Dallas didn't have the corner to take. If one of the guys was there, they take one of uh, Horn or Sertain the second, and we get Smith at 11. But Philly just had to trade up to get um, to get Devontae Smith, and that allowed us to the opportunity to trade down. Now, in retrospect... Is would I rather have Smith at 11 or would I rather have Tony at 20 with the first rounder next year? I'm going to go with the first rounder next year. That is such a big trade. Some people really thought that we got Chicago. Uh, obviously, they needed a quarterback. They needed to make that move for Fields. And I think the fact that we were in the spot to do it, uh, getting four picks for the number 11 spot to go down only nine spots was a huge move for Gettleman. So uh, I think no matter who we picked, unless we just picked someone completely random we won the first round uh but 
I think we should have gone defense. I would have rather gone with either, you know, Quiddy Pay, Edge out of Michigan. We really need an edge guy. And the fact that Jalen Phillips went at 18 to Miami and then Greg Rousseau uh, went to Buffalo at 30, who are we going to take uh, off the edge? Maybe the edge rusher from Georgia? Maybe uh, JOK, a linebacker out of Notre Dame? Uh, Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa? I think that's how Sazam, uh, long name, obviously. But. I think defense was a bigger need. Could have gone Caleb Fairley, even with his uh, concerns with the back surgeries. He's a really talented corner who went to Tennessee at 22. Uh, even Darisaw, uh, for me, lineman out of Virginia Tech, I think he could have been a really good pick to shore up this offensive line. So the, the next three picks after this were Pay Fairley and Darisaw. All three would have been great uh, for the Giants, but looking back, seeing how the draft panned out for us, we wanted a receiver. We wanted a top weapon, uh, an explosive weapon to to help out Daniel Jones. And I think we did exactly that by getting Tony. People think he's like, you know, Jalen Waddle light. Very similar player kind of. Good speed, you know, very explosive out in space. And he's going to be the guy in the slot for us with Kenny Galladay on the outside. Uh, and then we still got Shepard and Slayton, like I mentioned before. But um, I, I question whether Tony at 20 was a if it was you know the right place to take him could he be there in the second round potentially but you don't want to wait for him to fall to the second round I think it was if we wanted a receiver and we wanted Tony I think it was smart to take him at 20 it just might have been a reach and I just you know with the defensive guys that were there I don't know if that was the right slot for receiver. I was thinking defense or lineman. But, you know, this sets us up well in day two to take a lineman, to take an edge rusher. I just think we really need that edge rusher. Linebackers. We really need linebackers. And I love building the defense up in the draft. I'm a big believer in drafting defense. Um, but I, I really like Kadarius Tony as a player. After watching some of his highlights, I see why we took him. I see why we fell in love with him. He brought a lot of energy uh, in, in interviews for his senior, senior day and, um, and all that stuff. But um, overall, I'm going to give the Giants a B-plus with this, mainly because, uh, because of trading down. I think that was just such a good move. I, I give Gettleman a lot of credit. It's the first time he's traded down in his GM career. Uh, so ton of credit there for getting that first rounder next year. But then also credit for Gettleman uh, for getting your top receiver uh, at 20. If you want to get a wide receiver, you go out and get him. Uh, and, and I do like, again, I do like Tony. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, I, I just, I will always play devil's advocate for the draft because what were our alternatives? It was an edge rusher, it was a lineman, or is Devontae Smith uh, at 11? But I think we are actually one of the biggest winners of the draft uh, by getting the extra first round pick and a fourth and a fifth. Those could be helpful guys too. We could shore up some, uh, some guys in, in the trenches there. Um, so I think, you know, at first I was a little bit surprised with the Tony pick at 20. Uh, I love the trading down. Again, I keep saying that, but I am just stoked with getting two first-round picks for next year's draft. Um, so yeah, definitely surprised with the Tony pick, but after thinking about it, we did really good in this draft um, with, with the two big moves that we made, uh, and I'm excited for Katerius Tony. He's going to bring a lot of electricity to this offense, really going to diversify this receiving core group. Um, we're going to see him a lot in the slot and maybe as a kick return too because he's so explosive, so dangerous with the ball in his hands. So welcome, Kadarius Tony, to New York. 
Um, and that's all I got for the Giants. Um, I'll take a short break and then be back to talk about some other big picks in this draft because it was an exciting one. All right, welcome back to 125 Unfiltered. Going to break down some of the big picks that I took notice of in this draft. First off, obviously one and two, we all know Lawrence and, and Wilson were going there. So the draft really started at three. In the San Francisco 49ers, I went with Mac Jones in my mock draft because of for weeks we heard rumblings of Mac Jones going to the Niners. Kyle, Kyle Shanahan loved um, Mac Jones, but over the past couple of days before the draft, Trey Lance was gaining a lot of traction to be that pick. Uh, and it was really the day after my podcast episode. Uh, it was when the rumors were flying out that it was Trey Lance who was going to be the Niners pick at three. And that's exactly what happened. Management of the Niners loved Trey Lance. Uh, and they go with him at the third overall pick. And this was a huge win for the San Francisco 49ers. I think going with Mac Jones would have been a colossal mistake. Trey Lance is so gifted, very raw and inexperienced obviously with only playing one game last season but he's got all the physical mental intangibles that a quarterback can have great arm really good athleticism good deep ball uh, obviously accuracy needs to be shore up a little bit but he's like the next josh allen people are saying come uh, allen came out of wyoming accuracy concerns same thing with trey lance coming out of north dakota state university but i love this pick for the 49ers this is exactly the move that when I saw them go with the three, this is the move I saw them making. Going up for a Trey Lance or a Justin Fields, not a Mac Jones. So, huge win for the 49ers last night. Uh, and I think Lance is going to shine in San Francisco. Next pick that took notice for me. Number five, Cincinnati going with Jamar Chase instead of Panay Sewell uh, out of Oregon. Obviously, if you don't go with Sewell, this is the next best option. Getting Chase and Burrow uh, reunited, getting him a nice number one receiver, I think is big. Uh, Jamar Chase is really good, and he's going to be really good for the Bengals. But you've got to protect this guy. I, I, I know that, you know, fan base obviously wanted Chase. The smart move is going with Sewell. Just knowing he torn ACL year one, my priority as an organization would be to protect this guy at all costs. Joe Burrow was getting, he got sacked 32 times last year and he didn't even finish the season. I just, you know, that's, that move could come back. If he gets hurt again, that move could come back to bite the Bengals because I love Chase and you got Tyler Boyd. Got some decent weapons there. You know, Joe Mixon, uh, who knows, they might draft a running back like to talk about in the UNC episode going up for, you know, maybe a Javante Williams or Michael Carter. Uh, but I, I think Sewell was just the smarter pick. You got to think about the future. But uh, Chase was the more exciting pick. I see why they made it. Uh, Jamar Chase is, uh, again, fantastic receiver. But uh, that's one that, you know, that could be uh, a big talking point in the future if they don't get uh, a good offensive line, especially at the left tackle position. Um, next pick that really surprised me, Carolina at eight. Uh, rumblings of them going with Justin Fields. Uh, I thought for sure it would be Rashawn Slater with uh, Sewell being off the board at seven to Detroit. Um, but they went with J.C. Horn at eight. Uh, I, very surprising pick. He's a really aggressive press corner. Uh, really, really good uh, uh, tracking the ball, getting interceptions. I, I think uh, that's a, an interesting pick for Carolina. I didn't really see J.C. Horn going there. Um, but, you know, Matt Rule sticking with going defense in the draft. Uh, I, I think the 
I, it was a surprising pick, but I like the pick for Carolina. You know, keep keep showing up the secondary spot. You can never have uh, too many good corners. Um, but I definitely surprised they didn't go with the offensive lineman there. Um, but I, I think and that uh, led to some other consequences in the draft uh, with Horn going it because then Sertain went nine. Uh, Sertain the second, sorry, but. Um, that led to Dallas at 10, trading down to Philly, and then Philly went up to get Devontae Smith. They gave up a third uh, to, to swap from 10 to 12. Uh, and for Philadelphia, I hate to say it, but it's a great move. It's a great move because you go from 6 to 12. You get an extra first-round pick from Miami, and you still get a Heisman winner wide receiver. Uh, you still get one of the top three guys uh, at the receiver position that you wanted. It wasn't Waddle. Uh, it wasn't Chase that you potentially could have gotten at six. But, you know, a huge win for Philadelphia, only giving up a third, and I think it was well worth it for Howie Roseman because uh, both Dallas and Philadelphia knew that Devontae Smith was coming to us at 11. Uh, who knows if they, you know, some NFC East rivalry if they wanted to you know get the Giants and not let us get Devontae Smith um but the Eagles did a really good job here uh and the Cowboys got really unlucky um and I'm just I'm not even gonna you know you know rant about how much we don't like the Cowboys but they got really unlucky this draft Horn and Sertain the second going for eight, going eight nine when those were the two guys you were locked in on uh and then you have to trade back to 12 you get Micah Parsons really good player uh linebacker out of Penn State I was really intrigued on him as a prospect for the Giants at 11, but uh, Cowboys definitely big big losers in this draft because Giants get Kadarius Tony, wide receiver. Smith, Devonta Smith goes to the Eagles, obviously, and you don't get that surefire number one corner uh, in the top 10. So big loss for Dallas there. Um, uh, Justin Fields at 11, another big interesting pick. I like what Chicago did. They didn't really have a choice. You can't go in the season with Andy Dalton and Nick Foles being the top two quarterbacks in your locker room. I think Justin Fields is going to do well, um, but I think it's going to be with Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy gone after this year. This is just I just don't see the Bears doing well this year, which is why I love the trade down because that, this could be a top 15 pick um, that the Bears will be giving the Giants next year because I don't see them making the playoffs. Uh, they're going to start out with Dalton. He's going to do horrible for the first four or five weeks. You're going to throw in Justin Fields, and you know he's going to have his growing pains, and then you're going to get some other coach in there to help out Justin Fields. But I, I think it's the right move for Chicago. Fit-wise, I think it's pretty good. Uh, and uh, I'm a big Justin Fields fan. I think he's going to be good wherever he goes. Uh, but it's interesting that it was Chicago uh, that went up to 11 to, to get him. Uh, the next couple picks, just briefly, uh, 13 and 14. Uh, Rashawn Slater to the Chargers, big pick, protecting Justin Herbert. And then Elijah Vera Tucker going to the Jets at 14. Jets actually traded up from 23 to 14 to get this guy to protect uh, Zach Wilson. So you got Mekhi Becton and now Vera Tucker shoring up that left side of the offensive line. Really good move. I think the, the Jets did a really good job in this draft, uh, obviously getting Wilson and then Vera Tucker at 14, uh, lineman out of USC. But then Mac Jones goes to 15 at New England, or going to New England at 15, rather. Uh, they did, Bill Belichick didn't even have to trade up to get Mac Jones. So this is good value for the Patriots. But let's just pump the brakes real quick. He's not Tom Brady. I know he's similar playing style to Tom Brady. But... And everyone's talking about how they got some new weapons. You got Hunter Henry, Johnny Smith, Nelson Aguilar. Are we sure 
the Patriots are going to be good with Mac Jones. I We need to pump the brakes. Everyone's talking about Mac Jones. This is the one of the greatest things that could happen to Mac Jones. He's with Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels. Let's slow down a little bit. When Tom Brady and Belichick were together, that regime, Belichick got a lot of the credit because he was operating the defense. Josh McDaniels getting a lot of credit for running that offense. But we saw last year that it was a lot of Brady and not a lot of Belichick. Uh, or more more Brady than Belichick than we thought. We put a, more credit to Belichick than Brady. And we see Brady go to Tampa Bay and win a Super Bowl in year one. Um, so I, I am just not sold on this. I don't know if Mac Jones is going to be good in New England. Tom Brady was f- superb working with very little wide receiver. Got a little uh, video cutting me off there. But, yeah, Tom Brady was lurk, working with uh, very little at the wide receiver position. Not many good threats towards the end of his career, but he was still winning Super Bowls, showing his greatness. So Mac Jones, he's a good quarterback. He's smart, very accurate. I'm just not sold on him, obviously, like I, I said in my draft preview episode. I'll believe it when I see it. He only played one year. He's surrounded by top talent at every single position at Alabama. You know, we thought Tua Tagovailoa was going to be the next big thing, and people are having doubts uh, with him in Miami. What good Alabama quarterback has been produced in the NFL? Good college quarterbacks, but who's been the guy in the NFL? Are they a quarterback-producing team? We don't know yet. So in my opinion, the jury is still out on Mac Jones. I will believe it when I'll see it. I'll eat my words if Mac Jones turns out to be the next greatest quarterback and Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels turn him into another Tom Brady potentially. But the fit is good. I like where they took him at 15. It's good value. But we don't need to go on ESPN and go off saying, oh, Mac Jones, this is a big story. This is a big deal. Now, Trey Lance is a way bigger story going three. Justin Fields going to 11, uh, going to Chicago at 11. It's a way bigger deal. You know, this is was an expected move. This is how it should have been until analysts started going crazy with Mac Jones going to San Francisco at three uh, when those rumors came out. This is the way the draft was supposed to go. Mac Jones was supposed to be the fifth quarterback. He was not a top three guy. And now, as a football fan and analyst, kind of, we can, I can breathe now knowing that Mac Jones didn't go to San Francisco instead of Trey Lance or Justin Fields. So now that I'm done with that, we're in some later picks that really intrigued me. Uh, Pittsburgh, big winners here, going with Najee Harris at 24, getting a good running back. James Conner, what left... Pittsburgh to go to uh, Arizona. I think this is a big win for the Steelers getting uh, a good running back, the best running back in the draft, absolutely. Uh, I know they need to shore up that offensive line, but this is a, another good weapon for Ben Roethlisberger to use, and he's going to be an every down back. He's going to be a day one starter. And then 25, Jacksonville goes with Travis Etienne, uh, reuniting Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, uh, the Clemson uh, quarterback and running back, Interesting strategy by Urban Meyer to uh, to stick with two guys going to college. This has been a big trend in this draft. Obviously, you've got Chase and Burrow in Cincinnati. you got Waddle and Tua Tagovailoa in Miami. And then you've got ETN and Lawrence, both being rookies, the top two picks for Jacksonville. I really like it, actually. Uh, I feel bad for James Robinson because he had a really good rookie season being an undrafted rookie. But he can be that good second running back. I think ETN was a good pick here. 
Uh, Jacksonville could have gone defense, in my opinion, as well. But you want to give this number one quarter, uh, this uh, your number one quarterback, Trevor Lawrence. You want to get him the, as much help as you can. You go out in free agency. You get Marvin Jones. You've got Lavishka Chenault. Now you've got Etn to be your star running back. Um, it, it, good value as well. 20, 25th pick. You didn't pick him too high. Uh, Etn probably would have fallen to the second round uh, if Jacksonville didn't get him here. So they could have gotten him. Uh, but they've, they've got some good options uh, defensively uh, with be having the first pick in the second round. And then at 27, Baltimore goes with Rashad Bateman. Uh, I was a huge fan of Rashad Bateman. He didn't necessarily fit the Giants' uh, receiving core uh, with Galladay being added, but I think going to Baltimore, this is a big deal because now you got uh, Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown, and Rashad Bateman. Uh, being your three main receivers for Lamar Jackson, uh, really uh, adding to that receiving group, uh, that that's a big deal for Baltimore. You know that it was the worst passing attack in all of football last year. Lamar Jackson's been questioned throughout his career as a thrower. Now you got guys. They didn't have receivers before. Um, Marquise Brown is not a number one receiver. Uh, I think Sammy Watkins could play the role as that. Maybe Bateman flashes as a number one receiver, but I think that's a huge pick for Baltimore. Um, and then I do have one more pick, Green Bay, going with uh, Eric Stokes, cornerback out of Georgia. And this is just funny because with the news that Aaron Rodgers has grown disgruntled and frustrated with the Packer organization, he might want out. He might not want to stay in Green Bay anymore. So you just go and pick a cornerback because you don't want to help out uh, Aaron Rodgers they have picked one skill position player in the draft since 2012, and it was Jordan Love last year. I don't know how the Packers blow this. They must be the most arrogant ownership. Oh, no, well, no, I'm not going to go that far because we got our good buddy Jerry Jones over there in Dallas, but they must be some of the most arrogant owners or, you know, big and, you know, huffing and puffing, doing it their way because I don't know how you can not support Aaron freaking Rodgers, MVP of last year. You go and draft his successor, and he says, okay, I'll just go win MVP for you. Yes, you have Devontae Adams, but how you don't get this guy some help? Elijah Moore, he's right there. You know, maybe a, maybe a 2-2 Atwell, if you want some speed, you could go with um, uh, Terrace Marshall uh, out of LSU. How you don't get this guy a first-round receiver ever? is mind-boggling to me. I just don't understand it. I don't get it how the Packers, uh, how this GM uh, and, and the owner just, the lack of support for Aaron Rodgers is just mind-boggling. And you know what? Good for Aaron Rodgers if he wants out of Green Bay and if he gets out of Green Bay because they have shown him absolutely, positively, no support uh, for a franchise quarterback, uh, one of the greatest of all time in Aaron Rodgers. Um, so that'll be a, a good storyline to follow heading into the next few weeks because now you got uh, Rodgers wanting out. Deshaun Watson obviously wants out, but he's, he has his uh, legal issues that he's dealing with. So, uh, you know, teams like Denver, they're, they're, they're a team that could be in the running for Aaron Rodgers. Who knows maybe if Carolina uh, just says, hey, you want to take Sam Darnold and flip him around? But I don't. if they didn't go Justin Fields, I didn't think they're, I, they're, they're really committed to Darnold. But if it doesn't work out, maybe they get Aaron Rodgers next year. Very big storyline. One of the best quarterbacks in the league. Um, Aaron Rodgers could potentially be on the trading block soon. But Packers reportedly are not budging. They are showing zero signs of wanting to trade Aaron Rodgers. So that's going to be a big power struggle between uh, ownership and, and front office uh, and, and Aaron Rodgers. 
But with that being said, I, I want to give, uh, to, or uh, to wrap up the episode before I end it, I want to give my biggest winners and losers of the draft. Biggest winners of the draft, in my opinion, I'm going with the Giants. That's not even a homer pick. That was a huge trade down, getting an extra first next year, uh, as well as the fourth and fifth. Um, the fifth is this year's pick, fourth next year. Um, and, you know, getting a good wide receiver, uh, an explosive one at that in Kadarius Tony to kind of recap that pick, because I uh, talked about that in the first uh, eight or so minutes uh, of this episode. And then another winner for me, uh, I am, I'm going to go with San Francisco. I think going with Trey Lance over Mac Jones was a phenomenal pick. Uh, and then uh, Philadelphia is going to be a winner for me, I think, getting the extra first from Miami, going from 6 to to, to 12, and then getting Devontae Smith is a, is a big win. I got the Chargers as a massive winner with Rashawn Slater falling to 13. Um, and then for a late-round winner, I'm going to go with Pittsburgh. Najee Harris, great pick up there. Now some losers, they're not necessarily losers necessarily, but it's just they could be down the road. Cincinnati, I love the Jamar Chase draft pick, but Penny Suel is going to be a surefire uh, franchise left tackle uh, now that he's in Detroit. You know, I'm just big on protecting your quarterback. You need a left tackle, you, and then you go. I think, I think the Giants have done it the right way. You know, maybe it's eyes from getting Daniel Jones, but you go Daniel Jones, you go for your left tackle and Andrew Thomas, then you get your wideouts. You just got to protect your franchise quarterback, especially coming off of an ACL injury. So that that's one that I question for the future, kind of like I said earlier on. I have Dallas as a massive loser uh, in this draft, not getting J.C. Horn or Patrick Sertain the second, uh, you know, trading down, only getting the third round pick for it. Micah Parsons is a really good pickup for them, but not getting the corner that they were scouting for so long and not going up to get Kyle Pitts. Uh, that's big, big losers there, uh, in my opinion, are, are Dallas. Uh, and then looking at the rest of the board, I don't think I have another really big loser. I think Oakland could be considered one because the guy they took was a huge reach. Uh, but we've seen them do this. They did this with Cleland Farrell at four um, a draft or two ago. But yeah, that, that's going to be my NFL uh, draft re, uh, recap of round one. I, I will mention some mention some uh, some picks in, in round two and three, uh, especially if some UNC guys go there because Javante Williams is the best running back left on the board. So I'm very excited to see who can, who can take him. Maybe De'Ami Brown or Travis Surratt goes second round. Uh, and I, I think third round's a great spot for them, though. Uh, I, second and third round are very important in the draft. It's arguably... I've thought about it. Could be one of my favorite my favorite day of the draft because round one, obviously you see the top guys, but the second and third round is where your team really gets better, especially if you hit on those picks. So that's gonna be it for today's episode. If you listen this far, it's a bit of a longer one. Thank you so much for listening, uh, and I will talk to you next time.